Hello and welcome to ESPN Crick and Force Stump Mike. I'm Karthik Iyer speaking to you some 12 hours after a nerve-wracking draw that was earned by India versus England at Bristol in the only test that the two sides play, which meant that both sides share points in their multi-format series. With me to look back on the last four days is Onesha Ghosh. Onesha, how does it feel? A bit exhausted, but uh, well, what was <laughs> What a spectacle that was because nobody knew quite uh, till the uh, penultimate session as to which way the game was headed. So I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a work from home experience that I'm not going to forget for a long time. So I'm looking forward to the next one, India play against Australia later in the year. And that's going to be a pink ball one. But right now I'm excited and exhausted at the same time. <laughs> Along with Onesha today is Dibayan. are you feeling similar emotions? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, uh, good on you in your intro. You didn't say India women. So that, that's a good normalization that we are talking about them as the Indian team rather than just specifically the women's team. And uh, the second part is, of course, I would like to congratulate Onesha and Val. I thought their coverage of this uh, women's test was uh, exceptional. The kind of storylines, the kind of personalities that they focused on. And yes, I mean... Uh, I, I actually followed a lot of this test match. Uh, as you know, we have a Hindi team li- right now. So for them as well, it was a novel experience covering Hindi, uh, you know, covering women's cricket in Hindi. There were a lot of innocent questions, which I'll, you know, delve into in detail further. But the overriding feeling I got was the same that I've had for about four years now, you know, post that uh, uh, epic 2017-50 over final. What took them this long to organize a test match? I just think it's an absolute shame that it's uh, taken seven years for them to uh, play another test match. And there's one more scheduled for this year. But yeah, this has to happen on a more regular basis, both for Indian uh, cricket as well as for world cricket uh, at large. Yeah, but there's, if there's one thing, it's that we're glad that this happened. Now, both Anusha mentioned that she's been working from home. Devan has been as well. But we had one person who was at the ground for the four days, and that was Valkyrie Baines in Bristol. So we're going to have a chat with Val and come back to these two. Val, we're about 12 hours removed from the end of the only test between England and India at Bristol. You've had one night's sleep, if if you got any, to gather your thoughts. Uh, how, how does it feel the day after? Yeah, it's it's really great, Karthik. Um, just the overwhelming feeling that I got from this match was that it really was a great match. Um, and we were even sitting in the press box and, and someone, I guess because we were meandering toward a draw at the very end, it was tense because it was like, are these two um, in Sneirana and Tanya Bhatia, are they going to hold on or are England going to get these last two wickets they need? But as it it got to the point where even if England did get the wickets, they were never going to get the runs. It was heading towards a draw. And you sort of say that draw, the word draw, and it's like, oh, you know, it must have been boring. But it it so wasn't. There was so much tension. There were so many twists and turns in this match. The momentum swung. The storylines that emerged were great. And it really was a terrific match. And someone sort of piped up in the press box, is it just me or has this been a really great match? And everyone said, yes, it was a really, really good match. It, it was it was wonderful. And, um, yeah, I, I guess, uh, like I say, you know, you, you see the word draw and you're like, oh, another draw. But um, it, it so wasn't. It was such an arm wrestle. And it was just a, a real pleasure to be there to witness, to be honest. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because we had uh, Shamya on our World Test Championship podcast yesterday and he said that 
His favorite result, probably in Test cricket, are draws. It's not wins or losses to any side. Yeah, isn't that great? And I think, and I think particularly in Test matches because you know they they go over such a long period of time. So much can happen, and um, yeah, it, it does lend it lend itself more often than not to a draw. And I guess the ones that a lot of people remember are the ones that went right down to the wire. But this match went right down to the wire until you know midway through the last session, which was elongated because they lost some play terrain the previous day but regardless until you know a, a good hour into that last session provided England got those two wickets they you know you would back them to to get a target of you know in the low hundred um but yeah eventually they, they pushed that target up to 179 they were only going to have 12 overs to get it and they still hadn't like, got the wickets they needed. So it it, did, it was very tense. There was probably until the last sort of hour or so, are they going to do it or are they going to do it? It was really, you didn't know what was going to happen. Or, yeah, sort of the, the draw, the, the England win were at least still on the table at that point. Well, taking a step back, we spoke before the Test match started and, and we were wondering whether now this Test match needs to deliver a spectacle and... We were talking about whether that puts too much pressure on the players. I think it's safe to say that most of them delivered. Yeah, absolutely, this did. Um, and I think uh, Heather Knight, the England captain, said in her post-match press conference, you know, she was asked that the, throughout she had been asked the question, is there pressure to provide a spectacle? And her answer had been, well, we as professional athletes are there to do our job, which is to try and win. Whether that, you know, looks pretty or not, um, she didn't use these exact words, but whether, you know, she said whether that's entertaining or not um, is secondary and would be lovely, but it's not our job. As it turned out, in again, in her words, she said that this was a great advertisement for women's tests. Um, you know, like I say, it had action. It had wonderful individual performances. It had wonderful team performances. Um, it, it really was a, a good... Uh, a good show put on by these two teams. Yeah, and there was it was proper test cricket, right? There was plenty of banter between the two sides as well. A lot of it was being picked up by the stump mic, at least on the opening two days. Yeah, the stump mics were great, particularly those first few days. You could hear everything. It was so, yeah, it was really good. It was almost like having all of the players mic'd up themselves. But yeah, it, and but I think that's good. I mean, I know, you know, the, the stump mic can be controversial, but um, I think it's, it gives people a flavour of what it's like out in the middle if they don't know. And, you know, and I think when we're talking about putting on a show and providing entertainment, well, you know, I think that adds to the experience. Valkyrie Bain says stump mic can be controversial. I'm going to make that the tagline of this podcast. You're get so more good. listeners in. Yeah, <laughs> get more listeners in. Uh, again, towards the end, though, speaking of Heather Knight as well, it felt at least for some of us here watching on television that there was a bit of needle between the sides. I do not know who wanted to come off or who didn't. There was a bit of confusion there when, when the play was called off and the match was declared a draw. Did you all feel that at the ground as well? We don't know what happened, but I, I get your, I get what you're saying. There was sort of a bit of a sense of, I, I thought, and someone else commented, it looked like the India batters were a bit reluctant to come off. But I mean, we don't know for sure, and we don't know what happened. Um, they would have both had to have agreed to yeah. the draw, so they would have both had to at least, you know, been happy enough to do that. Both sides, I mean. So yeah, I, I'm not sure, but yeah, I know. I think there was. Uh, some, I think throughout there was a little bit of um, 
time, chewing up time or, you know, a perception that there was, you know, time being wasted or what have you, I think. But there was sort of earlier in the match too, sort of overrates and what have you. I mean, that's all part of test cricket. And I don't think it got, from what I could tell, I don't think it got particularly, you know, or it certainly didn't seem to get nasty or anything between the two sides. But I don't know, maybe one, one, maybe England were disappointed that they'd run out of time um, or, or what. But yeah, like I say, yeah, you're right. Maybe they were just, you know, a bit deflated that the whole thing had after not not ended in a draw because a draw is boring but ended in a draw after all their hard work do you know what I mean um but yeah so I'm sure that England were, were disappointed by that but by that stage you know the match had been saved by India and they the the India batters would have been very happy with the, you know the job that they had done so I get what you're saying yeah there was a bit of a sense of a, a reluctance to end it there but I, I to be honest I don't know why uh, it didn't it wasn't a bad light situation that we were made aware of it, it was you know that the draw has been agreed and they would both have had to have been happy to do that so um yeah I, I'm I'm not sure of the ins and outs but the upshot is that um, a fantastic match ended drawn. A lot of web space, a lot of print space will probably deservedly so be devoted to the India players. But but let's stick with England for a moment because their first innings was extremely impressive. They probably did not get the result that they would have wanted at the end. But who stood out for you the most? A special mention, of course, to Sophia Dunkley on debut as well. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, there were so many storylines woven throughout this match from both sides. From the England perspective, um, you mentioned Sophia Dunkley and that was absolutely wonderful. So she became the first black woman to play test cricket for England and she went out there and scored an unbeaten 74 on her debut. So it was was wonderful to see, really, really good. And, you know, who knows what might have happened had they not declared um, because she she was unbeaten at the declaration, but then obviously they needed to give themselves time um, there and they had set a fairly imposing first inning score. So I I don't think she would have been disappointed in any way way and, and nor should she be to to be um to be short of the century but have had a wonderful knock on debut. Um Heather Knight, the England captain, she was 95. Um, she scored 95 in, in England's innings. Um, that was quite nice. And it was, you know, a nice sort of it would have been lovely to see her get a century. She was playing her first her 100th game in charge of England. So you know again the symmetry would have been lovely had she got a century in a century match as captain. Um, but yeah there was there was some lovely stories there. And then when we come to the bowling, I mean, Sophie Eccleston was wonderful for them. I mean, she took four wickets in India's first innings, four wickets in the second. Um, she bowled 64 overs throughout the match for eight wickets. Um, she was England's sole frontline spinner, which in hindsight could very well have cost them they could have done with probably another specialist spinner we did ask Heather Knight at the end of the day how Sophie was and she said she's absolutely fine she's got a very simple repeatable action you know and she wants to bowl loads of overs you know she's absolutely fine so she didn't report any injury but she must have been tired she bowled 38 overs in that India second innings and you know that is a lot and and also too I think you know the she was going to be the you know, supposed to be England's key wicket taker. Nat Siver bowled brilliantly from the other end. She had a spell of, uh, I think it was 10 overs, nine maidens, one for one. Um, And her job had been 
bowl from the other end, just don't leak any runs whatsoever and allow Sophie to Sophie Eccleston to, to take the wickets at the other end. And she did that and more. Like she bowled so economically, ended up, this is Nat Siver, ended up taking a couple of wickets herself. She couldn't have done any more. Um, Heather Knight's a part-time off spinner. She took a wicket with that and, and um, in, in that second innings. And so that helped. But she did say, you know, post-match, you know, you know maybe we, we could have picked another spinner. But, um, you know, she, she backed Eccleston to, to get the wickets and, you know, they, they just couldn't quite get there. It was, it was a very big ask. And, um, yeah, they just fell those two wickets short in the long run. Four days at Bristol Well for a superb drawn test match. Can you summarise your experience for us? It, it was really great. It was wonderful. Um, as you say, four days, pretty action-packed. Um, you know, as action-packed as you get in some test matches. Do you know what I mean? You know, you know we, thought, we thought it was going to rain, right, when we were doing the preview, and it didn't. It didn't for the most part, at least. So brilliant. Yeah, that's right. The first two days, not just the first day, were, you know, lovely. And then we, we did lose some play, you know, on the third day, but compared to what we were expecting, yeah, that, that didn't didn't eventuate. So that was good. The the weather um came to the party as well. It was wonderful. I think um you know, I had come into this match hopeful of seeing um, Shafali Verma bat, and uh, we weren't sure it was going to happen. I was a lucky, I was lucky enough to see her bat in person. She was absolutely wonderful, and and everyone there. You know, it was a it was a small but loyal crowd in the stands um and plus obviously it was was live on television but i'm sure everyone appreciated you know her amazing talent um there was a wonderful moment uh, early yesterday obviously uh verma was the wicket that england would probably have most been worried about given her first innings 96 um and when catherine brunt took an absolute screamer running to her left from long brilliant off brilliant. Sophie Eccleston it was such a good catch and the, the crowd really did go wild they were only small but they went crazy and then as soon as it had happened they turned around there's a big screen immediately behind them and they turned around to watch it and they're watching watching and then just as she's about to in the replay launch herself into this dive a graphic came on the screen and they all just groaned and it sounded like there was a couple thousand of them because they were just like oh we wanted to see again um it was really great and I mean they, they did show it again and then she got you know another round of applause but that was just such a, a great moment and that was one of so many in this test match that um that was just really really entertaining and and I, I loved you know the whole the whole thing throughout I think one thing that came out in the post-match um was the prospect of women playing five-day tests um Obviously, that would have been handy for England in this case. Um, but, yeah, it was a really good talking point. And, you know, had they had that extra day to play with, what might have happened and, you know, what what could have gone on. But Heather Knight was certainly supportive of um, the idea of England playing uh, – sorry, of, of women playing um, tests over five days. And, um, and I believe Mathali Raj also, she was certainly not against the idea. Her point was, I think, we need to be playing more women's tests full stop, um, bearing in mind they hadn't played one for seven years. So that was sort of what she thought should be the priority, playing more tests and then maybe look at, at extending them over five days, which is, you know, a fair point also. But um, just the fact that people are talking about wanting more, 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 I think that is a really telling takeaway from this match it wasn't like oh you know there wasn't you know any of the debate about you know whether women should be playing tests it's like whether they should be playing more and I thought that was really great 
So you've spent almost a week now writing about this test match, speaking about it, being on multiple videos a day. Tired yet, Val? What was that? Am I tired? No, no. Is it, is it, is it time to put the pen down for a day at least? Yes, I'm going to have a couple of days off and then uh, we'll be straight back into the White Bull series. Um, England are likely to announce their uh, their squad for the ODIs early this week. So we'll be on the lookout for that. And then we're back to Bristol on Sunday. So a week today for the first of the One Day Internationals. So, yeah, I, I say bring it on after uh, what I've witnessed over the last four days. And, uh, you know, in any case, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the next part of this multi-format series. Brilliant. It's been a pleasure while speaking with you. Thank you so much. Anisha, I'll start with you. And you just heard Val say that she was, it was a joy for her to see Shefali Verma bat, the player of uh, the match in this only test between the two sides. You've written an excellent piece on Shefali that's gone up on the website, I think, just a couple of hours ago. This is your chance to sell that piece and make sure people go and read it. I've actually written two pieces uh, on Shivali Verma through the course of this match. One was on her rivalry uh, with Catherine Brunt, which sort of became the uh, fulcrum for that record-breaking opening partnership with Smriti Mandana. I mean, what a delight uh, it was to watch the left-hand, right-hand combination bring their absolute best and blunt the England attack for uh, a substantial period of time. Shafali Verma is the younger of uh, the partners uh, in that opening combination, but she allowed Smriti Mandana, uh, you know, so effortlessly to uh, you know, take her time, get her rhythm. Uh, after she was, after she found herself wanting for the trademark fluency that we uh, have come to know and watch of Smriti Mantna. So it was really uh, a mature uh, knock that Shafali play in the first innings. There were her trademark uh, big shots, but the kind of defense, uh, my goodness, I mean, no one quite expected, I did not expect uh, Shafali Verma to um, show the kind of uh, technical knowledge, correctness of uh, uh, technique that uh, she did, uh, you know, whether it be uh, getting the head uh, in line with the ball and the uh, feet uh, or or just uh, understanding uh, the match situation, reading the game as per uh, the requirements of the session. It was really uh, so heartening, so heartening to see Shafali Verma approach her innings, construct uh, the 50 early on, it was agonizing to uh, see her miss out on that uh, 100. Um, I did get, get to speak to Mohit Sharma, the piece that went up a couple of hours ago. Mohit Sharma was one of the bowlers who uh, bowled at uh, Shifali Verma during a Ranji uh, Trophy and Sayad, the Mushtaq Ali uh, camp earlier this year. And Mohit walked me through uh, the similarities that he saw in that uh, during that camp where Shafali was, mind you, the only girl. And it, it was all uh, down to the Haryana Cricket Association's enterprise that uh, Shafali got the opportunity to play as many as five or six practice matches for these Haryana uh, domestic men's uh, stateside bowlers. And you could see that uh, the preparation, she did an interview with us uh, last month where she said that, you know, she... Um, faced as many as 150 bounces at a, at a time to <laughs> ensure that uh, uh, 
you know her muscle memory was able to uh, register the requirements of the body um, and attune itself to uh, the rigors of test cricket you know days cricket is uh, a different ball game altogether no pun intended um, and then for her to have uh, steer the indian innings ahead in the company of Smriti uh, Mandana and uh, Smriti Mandana too sort of uh, fell to a reckless shot as did Shafali Verma but uh, it has been an absolute pleasure and delight uh, to be able to watch her take on the likes of Catherine Brandt, Kate Cross, Nat Thiver, Anya Shoksol. They have several World Cup trophies and Ashes between them uh, but here is somebody who is only 17 years old had only played the t20f format before this had no experience in red ball competitive cricket for her to make a statement of intent and announce herself on this stage and then go on to walk home with the player of the match honors there are yeah. very few yeah. debut performances it's, that can rival shefali verma's really it's, it's it's crazy right only only 17 deva and i do not know if you've had a chance yet to read that piece if you haven't i'm sure that you will but to quote mohit sharma he said that at the camp that uh, anisha was talking about shefali would handle the new ball with ease it didn't matter to her if the pacers were clocking 135 kilometers per hour or even higher yes in fact i did and uh, it's it's an interesting uh, you know anecdote to tell that ahead of this test match we were uh, just having a discussion in our hindi desk and i was just sort of uh, updating the guys and sensitizing the guys essentially i was telling them that look just refrain from making comparisons with men's cricket and if it has to come then let it come through comments uh, through feedback don't say it in your own words don't compare them with any you know male cricketer because that's that's not fair in in all uh, respects Uh, but uh, one couldn't help but see uh, lots and lots of attacking you know uh, male cricketers or even female cricketers in the way that shefali batted most notably i think r shridhar put it best when when he said that uh, she reminded the indian male cricketers a lot of virender sehwag because uh, there was a similar uh, audacity about some of her short selection but there was a greater purity of technique and that's that's uh, mind boggling you know uh, I gave the example of Shefali in fact to the guys to say that if somebody does compare with Sehwag just make sure that it comes through a reader feedback and it's not you that does it. And we were just uh, generally sort of uh, you know spitballing what might happen and my idea was my uh, essential thought was that she might come off with a couple of good cameos but I didn't see her making a really big impact in this match. And yeah, this as, was Yeah, as Ooh. Anisha absolutely correctly said that none of us I think expected Uh, that kind of uh, temperament that she showed yes she got out playing shots but to be fair in the second uh, half a uh, second innings in particular that was a rank long hop i mean that deserved to be hit for six and it was just maybe <laughs> tiredness also i mean it's easy to forget that she's just 17 years of age so yeah i mean i think the way that she batted she yeah yeah that ball on, was uh, that bad yeah. that that you know that the ball was bad when you say that a batter has missed out on a century when they're only on 63 at that Absolutely. point of time i think i think she missed out on twin centuries i mean if if one looks at it that way but uh, just looking at her demeanor her body language i think that's the way that she'll be looking at it as well so i think very very exciting development probably the biggest development of many good ones for indian cricket from uh, this test match and even in interviews the by on the little uh, opportunity uh, or opportunities i've had uh, speaking to her i remember uh, interviewing her in jaipur when she wasn't an india player this was during uh, the 2019 uh, women's t20 challenge i and there was this event that 
that had just uh, gotten over with uh, with a with a website, a cricket website, and she was out there um, speaking about uh, her dreams. And uh, she spoke of uh, Dangal, you know, how uh, she she liked watching that movie, and uh, she's also from Haryana, right? So they're obviously the influence of uh, the Fogart sisters cult uh, on any athlete that comes from that part of our country. And to see her uh, go from strength to strength uh, from that Women's T20 Challenge edition onwards, she made her debut in September 2019, played the World Cup, bossed the World Cup uh, in Australia last year with her 163 runs, the highest uh, for uh, India uh, in that tournament. And now uh, playing her first test, I mean, you could see the composure uh, that was, uh, you know, the fulcrum of her uh, innings across both innings. Yeah, Anisha, you mentioned Dangal and therefore you referenced the 2010 Commonwealth Games. You should have seen Deban's years perk up there. <laughs> we're probably going to need a different uh, podcast to cover everything that Deban has to say about those games and about the movie as well. But we leave Shefali Verma here. Anisha's piece is titled Block, Grind, Restraint, The Rise and Rise of Shefali Verma. Now let's get into the other debutants. Yeah, who else impressed you the most? I mean, there, there were so many. We have we have done a graphic. It's there on our social media platforms. We have corrected listener the small mistake that we had made in that in that graphic as well. But Anisha, according to you, who was the next best in this India lineup? I'm glad that we're having this conversation, Karthik, because it's it feels unfair to uh, you know single out one performance and look at it in isolation because had had the other India debutants, four of them, not put up the kind of performances they did, especially the rare guard, uh, the fight back uh, on which uh, was built uh, from uh, Sne Rana and Tanya Bhatia, that's going to be uh, you know, something uh, I think cricket watchers, uh, casual fans, ardent followers are going to remember for a long time because, uh, as I said, I mean, England were... Uh, you know, holding the reins uh, for the longest period of time in that uh, after the opening session. So for uh, Sne Rana, who had taken a four-wicket haul in India's first innings with the ball, to also put her hand up and then score that 80 not out. Uh, she did ride her luck. There were a few opportunities that England really couldn't capitalize on, and they seemed like a, a bit tired uh, as the day progressed but credit to her and tanya bhatia my god this girl has been sort of shunted up and down the uh, lineup across the limited over sides um, she has not really been uh, given the kind of confidence this is something i feel from the out i i was just going to ask you you know what is she doing at number 10 <laughs> well you've got to ask the team management this is something <laughs> we have as journalists we try to ask of the team management and the captains. And it seems that uh, there is not much confidence that Bhatia inspires as a batter. Her scores in that regard may not exactly have helped her. Uh, so I'm, I was really uh, impressed with the kind of uh, responsibility and temperament uh, she showed in the company of Sne Rana because it was also an opportunity to make sure that she is viewed as the frontline Wicket keeping, uh, wicket keeper batter option. You know, she is very good as a wicket keeper, uh, arguably among the best, along the likes of Alisa Healy, Sarah Taylor, retired. She might come back, but that's a different, uh, uh, you know, topic uh, uh, of discussion. Also. 
but uh, tania bhatia remember she has to she has to uh, play an important role as a batter even in the 2022 um, odi world cup in new zealand so this is going to boost her confidence immensely uh, to get uh, uh, a 100 plus stand at uh, at the ninth wicket uh, with another debutant it was incredible and aside from sneha rana who dedicated her comeback to her uh, late father she was overcoming a bit of a personal tragedy heading heading into this test match uh, and she was out of the international uh, reckoning for uh, more than 5 years but she has been toiling on the domestic circuit i would urge my, uh, our readers our listeners to uh, you know go read the piece on sneha rana because she spoke beautifully about how it uh, means not just to her that she was able to deliver with the ball uh, early on but her comeback can also go on to inspire a lot of these india internationals who fallen off the radar the selectors radar but for them to keep grinding it out on the domestic circuit in the hope that somebody will watch it and recommend their name for one of these overseas or uh, home assignments that can really change the trajectory of their career and look uh, what sneha sneha rana has done for herself she now stands for uh, authority uh, you know as far as a place in the odi side goes i mean you cannot leave sneha rana out uh, when the odi series begins next week for sure yeah i especially after that performance deban in the first innings india did collapse from 167 without loss to 231 all out they were made to follow on soon after that how big of a surprise was that second innings uh well um, i will say that uh, yes the the rear guard action was a bit of a surprise uh, the the collapse the second time around was quite surprising because you didn't expect uh, batters of the quality of mithali raj and harbanpreet kaur more than anything else they just seem to have a little bit of a clouded mind i mean i'm not sure uh, if there was maybe an intent right from the outset having conceded 396 which in in all fairness in a four day game is a massive score to concede first up and it was a pitch which was taking turn there was always this question that sophie eccleston would be quite a handful on this pitch it's and almost like when the opposition scores 390 plus you can't win from there in a four day test yes yeah. uh, there's there's very little probability unless i mean that's where somebody like a shefali verma makes a difference because she rattles the scoreboard along at such a quick rate so at the time that uh, the indian first innings collapse happened i actually wasn't able to watch because i was doing comms that day on a psl game but it just seemed surreal because it seemed that at one stage when the openers were going that india were probably going to overhaul 396 and actually put the pressure right back on england so yeah i mean i think india made some uh, on hindsight definitely some mistakes perhaps uh, maybe the absence of one more spinner uh, was was something which did hurt them especially somebody who could turn the ball away from the right-handed batters that england pretty much had uh, from 1 to 11 and the second uh, i think uh, what what worked in their favor was that they picked a lot of bowlers who could bat a bit so that that came back to actually save them the game uh, as as onesha said uh, you know tania bhatia has been one of those uh, whose batting ability has been a little bit of a question mark but we all know that she can bat and she really did uh, you know pull her weight in in those final couple of hours or so uh shikha pande had a good good role to play and of course i mean when you have a batting lineup where you can uh, slot in somebody like a julan goswami at number 11 then it's an absolute luxury so in that sense them saving the match wasn't that much of a surprise but yes the the middle order crumbling was uh, quite poor and i thought particularly yesterday some of the players and their shot selection was absurd because if you noticed there were many times when there were loose balls or full tosses which they were just comfortably batting back to the bowler 
and then off a good length ball they were just looking to take on risks i mean both harmanpreet and deepthi deepthi batted really well by the way i mean he was one more of the debutants who had an outstanding test yeah. match yeah she she is one person i wanted to point yeah, out yeah. because in the in the first innings uh, deepthi sharma remained not out at 29 and i thought this was a brilliant uh, team management decision made yeah. by the coach slash captain to send her out at number 3 in the second innings and she delivered with 54 Yeah and and we know that she has been a frontline batter in uh, white ball cricket she's you know opened the innings as well in the past uh, it was a very devious lakshmanesque move from eden gardens and that's why uh, especially when she and uh, shepali were going i was just thinking that if this partnership can carry on maybe for another session then india could have a good chance of actually putting some pressure and uh, posting a substantial enough target with a little bit of a carrot for the uh, english players but yeah eventually that was not to be again because of that slight middle order slide that they experienced but uh, in the end it was uh, really courageous batting towards the end of the game and let's not forget that even from the england uh, you know bowlers perspective they haven't played a lot of five day cricket either in the last uh, few years um so uh, perhaps for them to bowl back to back as many overs as they did was just getting a, a bit uh, wearisome and from that perspective that's where probably they didn't uh, have the same sharpness that they had at the start of the match So that that's a good segue then Onisha let's talk about uh, this four day test match versus a five day test now i know the immediate reaction after draw is a lot of people getting out their phones and tweeting on social media saying that oh my god i wish this was a five day test match now we know it it doesn't exactly work that way there are a lot of things that need to fall into place for the exact situation to have come about in a five day test match but where where do you stand on this maybe we just saw the thrills and spills that we did and a nerve nerve wracking draw because it was a four day test i agree with you on that karthik because um, i mean that i mean we can always talk about the possibilities of a five day test whether we could have had a a result favoring a single side but i i kind of agree with what what mithali raj the india test said at the press conference that the priority for boards uh, across the board should be to make sure that their women's teams get to play more test cricket you know once that is taken care of we can have discussions around whether uh, we can have the dukes ball Uh, in play rather than playing with the kookaburra which was the case at the bristol test mind you because uh, men in england play with uh, the dukes ball but uh, women use the kookaburra variant uh, and also the discussion around whether we can have that additional fifth day in a women's test game so right now the focus um, should should be on ensuring that uh, this one off test or the one that uh, follows against australia aren't the only ones in say the next two or three years that's going to be an absolute travesty of the quality of cricket that we um, saw in bristol uh, from both sides so uh, i think from leadership from a leadership perspective uh, the focus should remain on uh, expanding uh, the pool the icc mind you uh, a few months ago earlier this year gave te- test and odi status to all full member women's teams so that is something everybody's got to keep an eye on because mithali raj uh, in the lead up to this test said that she wouldn't mind uh, more uh, test matches for women's uh, teams leading to a world test championship like tournament for uh, female cricketers and if that happens uh, i'm sure uh, specifics around the length of the match uh, and the type of ball to use all of these things are going to be taken care of and whether 
to reduce the mandatory uh, quota of overs from 100 to 90, as is the case with uh, their male counterparts. All of these specifics can be taken care of later. And hopefully without the rain as as well. Devan, I'm glad we have you on on this podcast because I think this will be an interesting perspective. Now, ESPN Cricket for Hindi is our newest property, and it's it's probably a good way to gauge how much existing interest there is in in the format for women's test matches. Now, it was there, right? Who was doing ball by ball comms? Uh, yes, there and Sayyid. They are in Sayyid were doing ball by ball comms and you were obviously observing. So how much response was there, particularly in the feedback that we got from, from our viewers, from our listeners? And is there appetite to see this format of the game a lot more? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, it was uh, perhaps a little a bit slow to take off because maybe a lot of people weren't aware that we were offering this in Hindi. But once maybe the first day of play or so had uh, taken off and we had also translated some of the pieces, including those uh, written by both Val as well as Anisha into Hindi and put them up, then there was a lot more traction on the following days. I think the last day yesterday was very well followed. So there's definitely an appetite for women's cricket. And that's the point that I sort of started this podcast with, that it's it's a real shocker that it's taken four years for this to come around. Because really, the the uh, the 50-over World Cup, uh, the final, even though India lost, that I thought, I felt personally, that that was an inflection point. That was where Indian women's cricket could really take off. There was sustained interest. It's since then that pretty much, you know, the women's T20 challenge has also come into place. India have had a couple of other good finishes in ICC tournaments, including the uh, ICC uh, T20 World Cup final last year. So with with those the backdrop of those performances, Indian players going abroad and playing in the Big Bash League and in England, uh, with all of that happening, it's it's really important that you also combine something like Test cricket into the pool and just make all of these players household names. And I know that there's always this whole debate about profitability versus sustainability, but then you've got the richest board in the world, which practically controls global cricket. I mean, if these guys cannot look beyond their self-interest and promote something which is uh, perhaps not immediately profitable. They need to see the long-term vision of it, that uh, it, it has to be a game for all. It has to be a game for all, irrespective of gender, irrespective of uh, class and you know society and every, every other kinds of barriers. And that's where I think once the Indian team plays a lot more test matches, we'll have more following. We'll have all of these uh, players becoming household names. As of now, it's probably just about three or four. But we need the likes of Shefali Verma, Snehrana and all to become uh, more you know popular, to become more of... Uh, role models for the uh, for the younger generations coming up, irrespective of gender, and that's that's I think what I would like to see. You know, you have so many champion cricketers in the Indian women's team. We just need them to have that exposure at the biggest level. Well said, Devan. Anisha, let's get back to the cricket for a bit and just look ahead because this is a multi-format series, right? The teams have split the points in this Test match. They have three ODIs and three T20Is to play. How, how how do you see those games going after what you saw in this test match? Well, momentum is quite the buzzword in cricket, isn't it? So, <laughs> going by what you've seen uh, in Bristol, uh, India are in air quotes, the rhythm they wanted to be. And they have, within quotes, the momentum on their side. So, it's going um, to be a good series uh, because... England, mind you, are the reigning uh, world champions. They had defeated India in that World Cup final in Lords 
in 20- you know you know india's first innings collapse here actually reminded me of that final for some reason i know it was i had even tweeted it out and some uh, some users said that please don't remind us of that but hey, <laughs> just jog back your mind to that because it it just feels so um you know eerily similar to uh, what it was like on 23rd of july 2017 that sunday um it's and it's something that has bothered the team for a long time i mean they've had um two or three coaches since that 2017 world cup uh change in personnel in terms of lots of young players coming into the side yet they have not been able to address this propensity for uh, losing wickets in a heap and come next year's odi world cup they would they would not want to replicate something like this that had happened in bristol uh, you know as zeban mentioned twice um, you know crucially but going into the odi series england are uh, they are a solid they are a formidable opposition so uh, they will regroup over the next 7 uh, days and uh, heather knight being the uh, astute uh, thinker uh, the strategist she is she will lead out a team that will that will most likely will have put the best part of this draw behind them to them it might feel like a, a defeat although heather knight has sh- has said that it doesn't but as i said the momentum is on india's side they have a lot of positives to take away from this game and they have also been able to identify the personnel that they would want to uh, field in the odi series and i will m- make a bit of a repetition here that uh, shifali verma she is going to make her uh, 50 over debut in the series the only should there be any um, confusion any uh, semblance of uncertainty whatsoever as to what her playing position should be if not an opener play her as a floater you know you should have her in the lineup uh, in in some role but if she goes on to play as pratimanda's opening partner which she um, the role she plays in t20 eyes uh, i think it's going to it's going to do india a lot of good as far as their world cup preparations are concerned Listener, the limited overs leg of this multi-format series begins this coming Sunday. That's the 27th of June with the first ODI between England and India. Yeah, I mean, looking forward to the ODI series and looking forward to the senior players actually pulling their weight. And I think it should happen because uh, unlike in a test match, you'll have slightly more spread out fields. You'll have a slightly better idea of exactly what you're looking to do. There won't be that confusion between defending and attacking. And yeah, let's hope for a, you know, her monster to be uh, awakened again. I'm looking forward to India actually posting commanding totals now that they have Shifali Verma in the mix and potentially Snehana is also going to be slotted into the 11. They should target 250 plus scores at a more regular basis. There has not been much certainty or confidence around what their first inning scores should be ideally, which wasn't 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 even the case in the South Africa series at home. in march so that's something uh, we should keep an eye out on and there's going to be a lot of uh, you know dissection as far as this particular aspect of them is concerned because sites like england australia they have been able to touch three, uh, the 300 mark um, you know first innings total at will and india still some way uh, from achieving that target so shifali verma's inclusion that is the headlining act guys so you've got to watch the <laughs> series and uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a good well contested uh, team match assignment 
Yeah, although I'm guessing if you're a betting person, you won't get great odds on Chipadi Verma making her ODI debut. On Isha and Devan, thank you so much for joining us on ESPN Pick and Post. Stump Mike, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you.